Thank you for tuning into Destiny House Church as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. We're so glad you've joined us today. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Court or one of the other anointed speakers as we pursue the Father's heart. All right. Let's jump right into it this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you guys know this scripture well, many of you. Yes, baby, we hear you, and we're glad you're here too. For everything there is a a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones up, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak up, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. I think all of you know today that we are in a season in this time, in this age, in this world, we are definitely on the brink of yet another war. I know you guys hate it when I sound negative or pessimistic, But if you read your Bible, you will know that we are at the brink of another war. And really, we're not at the brink. We're actually in the war now. Because what the enemy has destined to destroy these nations, God is going to use to unfold his glory for all of us to see. For all of us to see exactly the goodness and the amazing glory that God possesses. Today I want to talk to you about not necessarily the season that you're going into, but I want to talk to you guys about some of the seasons that you're coming out of today. Look at your neighbor and say, today I'm leaving a bad season and I'm coming into a season that's all about Jesus. See there, you got loud now. I want to read you guys a story out of Second Kings chapter 2. And I just assume go ahead and read it instead of summarizing it because I believe it's pretty important for us to hear this morning. In verse 1 of Second Kings chapter 2, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Jesus, we thank you you're going to speak today. Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, and surely as the Lord lives 
and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. And then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? And Elisha answered, of course I know, but let's be quiet about it. <clears throat> then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, and surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and stuck the water with it. The river divided, and the two of them went across on dry ground. In verse 9, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. How many of you want a double portion of God's spirit today? Say hallelujah. Elijah says this, that you have asked a difficult thing. If you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. In verse 11, it says, and they were walking along and talking and suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men. Separating them. And Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River and he struck the water with Elijah's cloak and he cried out, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And then the river divided and Elisha went across. And when the group of prophets from Jericho saw from a distance what happened, they exclaimed, Elijah's spirit rest upon Elisha. May I submit to you today that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is just as easily received in our lives as it was received by Elisha from Elijah directly from the throne of God. May I submit to you this morning 
that you are in a personal war for your eternity. You're in a personal war for your faith. You're in a personal war for your family, for your church, for your friends, for your fans, for your foes, for everybody in your life. You, all of you sitting here today, those listening later, you are in a war. And some of you are losing that war. And you're losing that war because you refuse to submit to God. You refuse to submit to the Father. Man, I've missed my dad so much lately. I lost my dad when I was 24. I watched my dad pass away. I watched him um, say a few words and say goodbye to my mom. And I, I watched him and I felt him go cold. I watched as God delivered him from this world to the next. I watched as God did something amazing and granted my father the, the, a wish that he had before he even got Saved three years before. And the wish was, I don't want anybody to ever have to take care of me. I want to be able to just pass away and be with the Lord. And you guys did obviously didn't know my dad, but he, he, was, he didn't talk that way. He didn't, you know, when he was saved, he began a journey. It was an uncompleted journey. But nevertheless, his journey was short and it led him to an eternity filled with the majesty and the grace and the mercy. And I think some of you have forgotten the grace and the mercy of this season, the season of God's dispensation of grace upon our nation and upon our world upon Israel, upon Ukraine, God's dispensation of grace upon Russia and upon Afghanistan and upon Iraq and Iran. The dispensation of God's grace is ever flowing in your life right now if you but accept it. If you but accept it. There are some areas I think about the story between Elijah and Elisha. For a lot, I know a lot of people center in and they preachers, they're all great sermons and they center in on Elisha and what he did. But just very briefly for the next two minutes, I want to center in on what Elijah might have been going through. Elijah crosses this Jordan River with Elisha and they get over there and it was a an outward expression of an inward experience that God had already called him to and when they went across this river and it, it was a rough river it still is to this day especially in that specific area it's, it wasn't a foot deep it wasn't something you could just you know, skip stones across and walk across and, and, and do these things. It was, a, it was a rushing, mighty river. 
And I just believe when Elijah got over there, there, there was, he was excited and he was pumped about, holy smoke, there is a chariot that just appeared. This is pretty darn cool. But you know what he had to do? He had to leave Elisha behind. Elisha could not go with him into glory. Some of you are coming out of a season this very day where you're going to have to leave some people behind. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. But it's going to be God. Because when God transitions you from one season to another season, all you are responsible for doing is saying yes. Elijah looked up and he says, they're coming to get me. The Spirit of God is coming to get me. I'm not going to preach long this morning, but I want you to leave here today knowing that much of the season that you are transitioning from into depends on your choice to stay or your choice to move deeper in Jesus. Some of you are coming out of a personal season of warring, a war in your life, a war where it seems like nothing you do is right. Some of you today are coming out of a season that you feel like you're constantly fighting, going against the grain. You're, you're constantly struggling, whether it's financial, whether it's with church life, whether it's with your family, your spouse, your children. Some of you feel like this last year, this season has been utter, and I'm not even talking about the, just the spiritual war, but the physical war that some of you have been experiencing, the manifestation of the pain and the grief and the heartache, but you still have an unction to see God move and you still have a confession and you still stand in front of the mirror and you say, God, I am with you. For those of you that would say, I, am, I have been in a war. Some of you today are going to transition from glory to glory today. And the same, amen. And the same spirit of God that grabbed Elijah and didn't even make him go through the death cycle, I believe that many of us through the rapture of the church will be snatched up, as the Bible says, in the blink of an eye. And I believe it is coming soon. Some of you are coming out of a season of being a victim. 
Some of you are coming out of a season of feeling like you have been victimized, like the whole world and the underworld has come against you. For some of you, that is a very true statement that you have been a victim, that you have been victimized, but some of you um, haven't even been victimized but you've been running around complaining about being victimized when you haven't even gone through crap this year. You're welcome for that. I always like to throw in some secular words to throw you off. I got a list of other cuss words here in front of me. I don't know where I'm preaching now. Some of you have, been, have felt like you've just been under the oppression and, and the thumb of somebody else in this current season you're in. That you feel like that person, that entity, that spirit, whatever you want to say, we all know that that type of evil is not from God. That type of, of person, that type of spirit is not the embodiment of what a disciple of Christ is. That the disciple of Christ will not oppress people. The disciple of Christ will not uh, put their thumb on people and bully people. That is not the will of God. The disciple of Christ will not be a dictator. The disciple of Christ will not be a micromanager. The disciple of Christ will trust people to the problematic issue of getting burned over and over and over again because you would rather trust and give people the benefit of the doubt than to become bitter and raw in your emotions. Some of you have been victimized, and I pray for you. Some of you have, have been placed under that oppression, uh, but I'm going to tell you, Everything that you have gone through, whether it was the good, the bad, or the ugly, you have a choice on if you're going to stay in your current season or not. You have a choice if you are going to believe the word of the lamb and allow the chains to be broken. And some of you need to start telling yourself, speaking out, all of us actually, not some of us, all of us need to be speaking out our victory in Christ Jesus every second of every day. Some of you are coming out of a season of shedding the old skin of excuses. I didn't do this because of that. I didn't go there because of that. I didn't speak to them because of that. I didn't accomplish that because of them. I didn't climb that mountain because I was too exhausted. I didn't do this because of this, that, or the other. I'm going to tell you, you need to shed that skin of excuses if you expect God to use you in this new season for his glory. Not your glory. We don't, we don't preach about your glory in this church. We don't throw around titles. You're not required to call me pastor. Just call me court. 
You want to call me pastor? That's great. I'll take it. But don't call me late for dinner. (laughs) We've got to shed this old skin of excuses. These shouldas, these couldas, these wouldas, all of these different categories in our life. I am absolutely begging you guys today to get over yourself. Look at your person next to you and say, get over yourself. Come on. Come on. Now tell somebody else, get over yourself. Candace, don't you say nothing to me. I'm in the pulpit, woman. Try to mess with me in the pulpit. Mess with you back. We cannot never, 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 Bev. It's part of our it's part of our marriage. She throat punched me the other day. That's why I'm talking like this. Whenever my wife punches me, she always says, well, I was sleeping. I did it in my sleep. Yeah, we're going to talk about liars going to hell next week. speak mama that's fine I'll call you mama you call me daddy you're welcome that didn't sound right that didn't sound right at all Cab, we gotta get that off the recording just so happens my season I want to talk about real quickly that we need to come out of our negative confession. You know, we have spent a lot of time in our previous season saying things that God has not ordained us to say. But on the flip side, I believe that we're coming out of a season of not saying things that God has called us to say. We just read in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet there are times that Christians that it's a command that it's mandatory for us to speak up I love what the Ukrainian president or whatever his title is said to the United States and to Biden the other day is we don't need we we offered to get him out of there Biden offered to get him out of there and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand and we're going to defend our country. He said, I don't, I, don't, I don't need a rescue. How many of you guys know that God is not always going to rescue you from your problems? He wants you to fight. Amen. 
And, and really, if we want to get very theological about it, he's already rescued you. He really doesn't need to do it again. Amen. I thought I just needed to yell at you guys for y'all to get excited, but this shows me differently today. Our confession. You know, I think this has been a good f- season for us to reignite and recognize the, the power of our words truly do build things and destroy things. The power of your words. And, I'm, and listen, I'm going to tell you, you you've got to have scripture supporting the power of your words because they're just words without scripture. You can be as positive as you want to be, but without the support of the word of God, it doesn't mean very much, does it? Because the word of God brings life. When we speak the word of God, when we speak the oracles of God, how many of us of parents have really felt like utter failures with our children because we allowed our short fuse of anger and rage to get the better of us when we really should have sat down in the living room and had dialogue with our teenagers. Instead of standing up and trying to control and trying to lord over them to try to get them to understand. I wonder what would happen if adults in this new season would learn to have dialogue with each other instead of gossiping about each other. I wonder how quickly we would arrive as a church in the realm and the majesty of revival if we would stop murmuring and complaining. I may not hear it all, thank God, but God hears it all. Thank God for that too. We've got to change the way we think. We've got to change the way that we talk. We've got to change the way that we react when other mean people are doing their mean things. How many of you agree that mean Christians aren't winning souls right now? Find me a mean Christian and I will show you that their life is not advancing the kingdom. Find me a Christian that is a bully and I will show you that they can quote scripture and they can tell everybody else how to do things, but they're absolutely not advancing the kingdom because there's no fruit growing. We've got to change the way we talk. We've got to follow through with the way we talk with action. You guys got to believe today, not just based on what I am telling you, but you've got a choice today to walk through that Jordan River and that same anointing, that same spirit, and get to that other side and say, you know what, God? You brought me out of darkness into the light, 
and I'm not going back. Amen. Some of you are coming out of a season, and this is a season that I am currently coming out of. The season of explaining yourself when those people don't even deserve an explanation. You know who deserves my explanation for my life? Only one man. If the person that you feel like you're always trying to explain yourself to hasn't taken spikes and hasn't had their beard plucked out and hasn't taken a crown of thorns and hasn't been mocked and ridiculed and hasn't taken the, those, those 39 stripes and all the things that Jesus did for if If that person has not done that for you, you do not owe them an explanation. We spend too much time explaining things to people when God is telling us to be quiet. Walk away. When the enemy tries to get you entangled in this conversation or that conversation, even you sitting there in disagreement, you're still in agreement. You know why? Because you're still sitting there. Walk away from wicked, evil conversations. Walk away from this locker room talk that does nothing but breed more bitterness and pain and discourse into the body. Worship team, will you come up? I want to read something to you guys in Joshua 24, 15. And then I want us to spend some time at the altar this morning, if you're willing. Um, I know you're able, but I want you to be willing today to come to the altar to get clean. Not because it's an altar, but because God is the altar. And sometimes sitting and standing and being in one place that you're usually at, sometimes you need a change of scenery. It looks very different up here in the altar than it looks back there in the cafe. Sometimes we gotta get out of the place that is comfortable and get into an area where God wants to stir us and bring us to a place of true rhythm melody with him so we read this, this this amazing scripture here in Joshua 24 you guys can play if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the God's your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. 
See, we've got a lot of Christians that would say, that would read it that way. But really what they, are, what they read in their mind is, but as for me and my household, we might serve the Lord. If it's a good day that's convenient for us, we might spend some time in prayer together at the dinner table. If it's a Sunday morning that I'm not too tired, I might come to church. If it's a month where our finances are good enough, I might decide to tithe. If it's a day that I feel loved by my wife and loved by my children, then I might decide to be grateful and thank God for that. Many of us today, including myself, we have been in a season of holding on to a bunch of mites. And if you notice the chemistry of that word might is the chemistry of disobedience. It's the chemistry of unfaithfulness. It's the chemistry of being afraid to step out in God. Now you may not like that message, but that message is true. Get the mites out of your life and start saying, guess what? Guess what God is gonna do this week? Before my father was saved, I was in Bible college. We had a men's retreat coming. And you know, many of you guys have heard this story. I will give you the cliff note version. But I was really the first person saved in my family at 15. And so when I was in college, I took a break from college to go to another college, which was a Bible college. I was supposedly pre-med when I was in college, supposedly. So I went to Bible college, and I just had a, just, a, a, just a, a powerful move of God personally in my life. And the same thing was happening to the other four guys that were my roommates in our, in our, in our little dorm. And they were having a powerful move. We started talking about our family. We started talking about our unsafe family. And we just began that night. We just started confessing. And at this point, I didn't even understand what it meant to have a positive confession or a, a word-based confession. I just, I hadn't been taught. So I just began to pray silently about my father being saved at the upcoming men's retreat that I had invited him to. And I began to pray and I began to pray. And, and the Lord said to me, Court, what you're doing is not good enough. <laughs> what? I'm praying for my dad to accept you. He goes, yeah, that's great. But I want you boldly to start speaking it out in front of other people. 
because I want to use the coming salvation of your Father to show people that it was only done by me. And so I literally, this sounds foolish, but you know, I, we had stables there. We had horses that we took care of at this Bible college. And, and because I had a background with horses, they positioned me there. And so I would come from literally cleaning stalls and doing haircuts for horses and all these. And I would shower and I'd get dressed and I'd get right up on stage and, and, and we'd be leading worship for these retreats. And this men's retreat came and for three weeks, I'd be from class to class, dorm to dorm. Hey, you. I don't know your name. There's a lot of people in the school. Hey, you over there. My dad's getting saved next week. Oh, okay. Nice, nice to meet you too. Hey, you. Girl that I'd like to date. My dad's getting saved this week. Hey, hey, you teacher. Guess what? My dad's getting saved this week. Next week in three weeks. This went on for three weeks. And so finally, you guys, some of our Texas folks may know this name, but Pastor Del Way out of Kerrville, Texas was, was preaching at this men's retreat. And there was about 350, 400 people in this, in this building, probably, probably twice the size of this building here. And Pastor Delway preached just a, a wonderful message. And right when he gave the altar call, my dad was the first one to move out of the row. And he didn't know what he was doing so much, he went on stage with Delway. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> dad, this is what an altar looks like, right? But I didn't care, I was just in tears. And he went up there and a, a probably 60 or 70 other men went up to be saved. Well, fast forward a few years later, Candace and I moved back home. We didn't have any money. I was working for Salvation Army. We were in the red all every week, it felt like, paycheck to paycheck. And Bailey was about two and Candace came to me and she said, middle of the night, she said, honey, your dad, I think has fallen. I rushed to the bathroom and I, and I just, I knew this wasn't good. And you guys know the story from there. Why am I telling you this? The Bible tells us that to do these things while it's still called today. There is not a guarantee for me or for any of you tomorrow. But our guarantee right now today is to change the way we speak about God to others. Our personal, do you know that your witness can bring somebody to the kingdom or usher somebody to hell? Your witness can usher somebody to the kingdom of God or it, thus it can usher somebody to the gates of hell.
your witness as a Christian? How are you treating other people around you? How are you giving them leverage to see either the Christ that lives in you or the meanness of your spirit? I want you all to stand with me. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. The story of Jesus and Satan. It says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to Jesus, All this I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, away from me, Satan, for it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Did you guys know, this? I read the story of Elijah and Elisha. It's that easy because Jesus did the hard work for us. Stop trying to work yourself closer to God. You can't do it. It's like choosing a piece of sandpaper and sanding your whole house by hand when right now you can buy a $50 device a sander and you can sand your home and it'll be way smoother if you did it on your own Jesus has done the 80 grit work for you already he is just asking you to be in rhythm and motion with him how do you do that you do it like this the four, four of the most powerful words in the word of God is, for it is written. Jesus' name reigns supreme in your life, but you've got to allow him to transition you from this season that you've been struggling with to this next season. Who today do this very moment. Now, listen, if you're going to be hindered by being scared and in fear, that's up to you. But if you're bold enough to say, today is the day that I'm going deeper in Jesus, I'm going to transition. If you're a prayer partner today, I want you all to come line up here facing, um, facing the crowd here. I want us to get ready to pray for people this morning. I want you all to close your eyes. I want you to just listen. Jesus is calling you right now to come out of this season of despair, this season of victimization, this season of doing things your way, this season of, 
of just desperation and fear, a season of addiction, a season of bondage, a season of health issues. If you're here today, and, and the worship team will stay up here and we will, they will play, and they will sing as long as we need to. But everybody that comes up, I want them to be prayed for today. If you're here today and you would say, you know what? That's me. I'm ready to transition. I'm ready to step into this new season. I want you to get up here right now. I want you to get up here right now. Whatever transition, whatever season you're coming out, whatever pain, whatever horrific issue, whatever ounce of grief, whatever ounce of mourning, whatever it is. Come on, let's start praying for them. Intercede. Do not leave until you've been prayed for today. Do not leave until you've been prayed for. Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you, God. Come on, the transition. Come on, you got to walk through the river to get to the other side. God is clearing a path for you today. He's clearing a path for your body, for your spirit, for your soul. He's clearing a path for your children, your grandchildren, generations to come. Come on, if you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want you to ask one of these prayer partners to, to pray with you to receive that baptism and fire directly from Jesus. Praise team is going to sing a song in a second. For those of you in the audience, you are free to stay in worship. You're free to go. For those that came up front, I want you to stay until somebody prays for you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Yes, Father, we ask that you would touch each and every person today, God. Each and every person, God. Every need represented. Every need, God. For those struggling with secret sin in your life, you've got sin. You're ready to let it go. You're ready to be forgiven. You're ready for a new season, a new life of freedom. If you're still involved in that sin, I hate to tell you, but you're not experiencing the freedom of Christ Jesus the way that you can. You can transition right now today to a new season. Come. Come and be fed by our Lord today. Praise you, God. Oh, Lord, turn his face toward